It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, April 15th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is asking you, have you done your taxes yet? Everything but the uh, state. I always wait on the state because I have to pay, so... All right. Well, the good news this year is we have until Monday to get all of that in. So very relieved to have that extra time this year. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with my partner in crime, Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date with our episodes and all the Flyers news. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. On today's show, we are going to preview the weekend back-to-back against the Buffalo Sabres, and we are going to get into some other NHL news, specifically about a former Flyer, Ryan Hartman, and then we are going to wrap up the week with Gritty, as we like to do. Locked on Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe and you will get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, so there was not practice yesterday, so things were pretty quiet as per usual on off days for the Flyers. They did uh, send Sandstrom and Lazinski back down to the Phantoms and uh, there's a game for them tonight. So uh, having Sandstrom especially available for that in net is probably pretty important. But other than that, uh, we are just kind of going into this next couple of games against the Sabres this weekend. And we did talk about the Sabres a little bit earlier this week uh, on Mm -hmm. Monday. The Sabres were our nemesis of the week. And When we talked about that, it was sort of in the context of this Sabres team. I think they're pretty much over the Jack Eichel situation and are looking forward to, you know, what's to come. And there is a sense that even though their team is a mixed bag right now, they're still losing games. And we'll, we'll talk about that. They are winning some of those games and stealing a couple of the games that maybe you wouldn't have expected Buffalo to do. And I think creating an atmosphere for that team, that's very hopeful with a lot of young dynamic players coming in off their recent drafts, uh, including Owen Power. And I think that unlike the Flyers in a lot of ways, they're a team that has been struggling, but has a a lot more hope. I think than a lot of Flyers fans feel. No, they have a lot more hope because you know Uka Pekalukadev will be up there next year. Jack Quinn, you know Cousins will be a year older. Owen Power, they won't be a playoff team, but I think could be a better team than the Flyers. I think because they do have guys on an upward trajectory and they do have uh, a pretty good decor, albeit young. And if their goaltending is decent, uh. They have a coach that knows how to work these guys and and they've done a very good job and Skinner's back to being Skinner. And so, you know, that's a that's a big thing for them. So but I do want to point out like like Dylan Cousins, who I felt they rushed. 
Um, still has like 13 goals, 36 points, seventh overall pick. I'm bringing him up because I want Flyers fans to understand, like, because there's a lot of bitching and moaning about, hey, we've got a lot of guys, but none of them are like superstars, blah, blah, blah. And I hear it all the time. I see it all the time. Well, this is a guy that was picked seventh overall, and he's big, and he's got a great shot, and he's 21, and he's still not where he's going to be in this league yet. And that's the part that you always have to uh, understand, and you don't have to like it as a fan, but just understand that a lot of these guys that you draft, they're not going to be superstars, and they're not going to come in right away, and they're not going to have an instant impact right away. So... You know, the guys that do, they're the rare ones. And you don't get them in every draft. So I, I just feel like that has to be pointed out. And that's not to say who the Flyers have are bad. I think they have a nice crop of guys. But, you know, you can't talk about any of them saying that they're superstars or they're going to be, you know, great players. I mean, these are things that get thrown around now. We need a sniper. Well, right. you know, there, you might be, there might be one sniper in this whole next draft. Just as an example... And the Flyers actually need playmakers now. I mean, they don't have playmakers in their organization. Maybe Denoyer could be a playmaker, but they don't have a lot of that. So when you lose Giroud and Voracek, those were two major playmakers. So you have to look at the big picture. And a lot of times it's not fun to look at the big picture. No, but I think in looking at a team like the Sabres, it's a good outside perspective on a yes. developing team that you can be realistic about, right? Because you don't have kind of the baggage of the Flyers fanness in you, right? Demanding, I think, excellence or demanding that more of your picks pan out, right? Right, right away. And, and I think that the Sabres are that developing team where the pieces look like they could be coming together to make a, a nice step forward next year and maybe even further the following year. And, you know, we saw glimpses of that, like you're saying, with Cousins this year. He's taken a step forward, but, mm -hmm. you know, he's not a superstar, but he's a contributing no. aspect to this team. And then you see, you know, Owen Power made his debut with the Sabres against Toronto. Um, really intimidating opponent. They put him on the penalty kill versus yeah. Toronto, and he had an amazing game, yeah. I think. you know. And the Sabres yeah, won that plus game, two. three to one. It was a plus mm -hmm. two, yeah. Yeah, and so I think that they just have so much potential there. And while they lost to the Lightning and you know lost to the Panthers, that's sort of to be expected, but mm -hmm. they were competitive against the Panthers. They split a back-to-back -back against Carolina. So again, they're stealing games this late in the season when they're already eliminated from the playoffs and they're getting contributions from guys like Jeff Skinner, which I do want to talk about him because is this the real Jeff Skinner or is he benefiting from additional minutes because of where the Sabres have been? No, he's, this is the real Jeff Skinner. Kruger just didn't use him the right way. He banished him to the fourth line pretty quickly because he didn't play his style of hockey and you know, I think Skinner honestly kind of had like an FU season. Like, listen, you're going to put me here. This is not my game. I'll do my best for you, but you're not going to get much out of me. And I think that's what happened. You're, you're seeing the real Jeff Skinner here. This is the guy that was in Carolina. This is the guy yeah. that was an all-star. This is the guy that could score, you know, goals as well as make big plays. So, and that's, that's a big deal for them to get that guy back. And the other guy is Tage Thompson, right, who yeah. leads the Sabres in points and in goals. And 
Um, Greg Wyshynski put him on his list of most underappreciated players in the league this season. I agree and disagree to some extent. I think we kind of know that he's good, but I think because he's on the Sabres, people tend to ignore that team as a source of, of good players for this season. And so I think Tage Thompson is playing as well as I would have expected. But No, agreed. I mean, in his draft year, I thought, wow, there's a lot of potential here. He's a big guy. He's got a good shot. He's a good skater. But it didn't come together. All of a sudden, they put him in the middle, and it all comes together. I wouldn't have imagined that's what it would have taken, but that's what development's all about, and they figured that out. And <laughs> they got a hell of a center now as a result, right? So that's a that's a big thing for their team moving forward, too, because he, you know, he's playing at a caliber now that everybody thought he could play, but now doing it in the middle really makes things easier. And also cushions the blow of Casey Middlestat's not what they hoped he'd be. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So now that we have these two games up against this Sabres team, which in theory should be in similar spots in terms of turnover and growth, but are clearly not. Like, what do the Flyers have to do here, especially given the personnel challenges right now? Yeah, I mean, the Sabres are better coached than the Flyers right now. And I think the Flyers... Uh, and I saw Konechny talking about got to get in the right spots to score and everything. How about getting in the right spots on defense instead of leaving guys wide open in the crease? Mm-hmm. It's nice to want to get into the right spots to score, but you got to play both ends of the ice. And I'm not picking on Konechny. I'm just saying that as a you know an on- onlooker. So I do think they have to figure out their offense a little better. I do think their power play needs to be uh, a little more uh, organized than just what looks like shitty at times passing the puck. When you saw the difference between the Ranger power play and their power play, they knew what they wanted to do, where they were going to go. They It, it was very defined where, you know, I felt like the, the Flyers were freestyling at times. Like it was just kind of like willy-nilly almost to spine guys open and just, you know, you can't play that way in the NHL. And you can't play that way against the Sabres because Granado has the structure to – to edge you out in a game if you try and do that. And power is going to get better every game. So it, it's not like they have a real weak spot to point at. I think these teams are pretty even, and it's, they're really going to have to play a full 60, which, again, is That's, still a problem. Yeah, it's a huge challenge for the Flyers to do that. And the Flyers will be in Buffalo Saturday night. And less than 24 hours later, the puck will drop in Philadelphia with the same two teams. So teams will be on a level playing field in terms of travel and being tired. And and, and will so Gritty think... be nice to the Easter Bunny? I guess that's oh, to be no. determined. I had not thought about that. Oh, um, I have. I that's, have. That will certainly be a thing. And I guess we'll talk about it next Friday in terms of <laughs> the results there. All right. We're going to switch gears and talk about the drama between the Wild and the Oilers coming up next. But we have been talking about Bilt Bar on this show for a long time. By now, you know how much we love them. But Built has more than just protein bars. Have you tried their puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on Built Bar's best tasting bars. They're the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallow, they're a total treat. And they're a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. 
and all Bilt Bars, including those puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. Then you go to Bilt.com, you scroll down to the macros chart, you're going to be blown away. They're high protein, but low calorie, high fiber, but low carb. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. If you compare that to a candy bar, that's going to cost you 240 calories, a ton of sugar, dozens of net carbs. And the regular bars have amazing flavors as well, like mint brownie, raspberry, and cherry barcia, but they have new flavors coming out all the time, so check their website. They always make it taste delicious first and then figure out how to make it healthy. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from all our local experts, including us. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So Russ, we had a crossover show with uh, Seth over from Locked On Wild mm-hmm. fairly recently when the Flyers were were playing the Wild. And one of the topics that we brought up then was Ryan Hartman, who Mm -hmm. had a very brief stint with the Flyers and then in the following season signed as a free agent with the Minnesota Wild and has gotten some success there. And I think there have been over the course of this season, especially because Hartman's numbers jumped a lot this season uh, relative to the last couple of seasons. And Seth, you know, talked about this, that he's just been on this upward trajectory over the last few years and that a lot of what ifs amongst Flyers fans if Hartman had stuck around just because there's this seemingly out of nowhere jump in his skill set but you know as Seth said it was always there to begin Mm -hmm. with and so Hartman was brought up again and there was a lot of that what if conversation that came back around this week on Tuesday in a game where the Wild won 5-1 to one over the Edmonton Oilers. There was a huge controversy with an incident with Evander Kane where it wound up that there was a kerfuffle at some point dealing with a hit uh, on Kirill Kaprizov mm-hmm. that the Wild were not thrilled with. And at some point, Ryan Hartman jumped in to the fracas and the results was lots of penalties and Hartman flipped off Evander Kane. Right. Well, I mean, and this is after I think he had at least one goal, maybe two in that game, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, look, Hartman's always a guy that's going to spout out and and say stuff. That's fine. Uh, as far as the skill, like you can go back when he became a flyer, Van Riemsdyk pointed out how skilled he was. But... He didn't get a ton of ice time. He didn't get a lot of opportunity. He was on the fourth line. So he played the fourth line role that that fourth line played, which was with Wayne Simmons, hit guys, you know, fight a little bit. And then if you could score, score. But Ryan Hartman in juniors did a lot of scoring. He played in the top prospects game. He is a good skater. He can play the power play. He never got the chance in Philly. Now, if you want to say, hey, that was never going to happen in Philly, Okay, and he was becoming a UFA. He's only signed for $2 million a year for the mm-hmm. next two years. And so it's like, 
You know Philly didn't offer him a contract, but they should have. They really should have. I mean, and it's not like he would score 47 goals here, but the point is he could have scored goals here had he gotten the opportunity, had he gotten a contract. So, you know, instead, you know, you end up with a guy like Tyler Pitlick. He takes that spot. He's great for a year. Not great. I mean, he had, he had 20, 20 points. A similar but he was, kind of role, though. Sim- same role, different player. So, yeah. right. Same role, different player. And he was really good on the penalty kill. Pitlick was excellent on the penalty kill. And then what happens? Ryan Pitlick doesn't get re-signed. Uh, Tyler Pitlick, sorry. They don't re-sign him. Why? Like, remember that? That was like, and it wasn't for a lot of money. Yeah, and I think the that Flyers fans, myself included, kind of have been playing this what-if game with both of them. Yeah. Right? Because they've both been successful since their time here. And, you know, looking at Ryan Hartman in particular, he has 29 goals yeah. this season. How many Flyers have that many goals? Yeah. It's brutal to think about a, a guy where it feels like the Flyers have defined a particular role and they're shoehorning guys into yes. it as opposed to allowing people to use their natural skill and what they're best at and kind of merge the two of what the Flyers need in a particular role, but then also benefit from whatever else that player has going for them. I think the Flyers look at it as a very expendable kind of player role, especially since Simmons was gone. Um, So like Pitlick, what do you think he's making? 1.75. And, you know, and he's finally a UFA after mm-hmm. this year. Is that really a lot of money? No. No. And and that's, you know, part of the conversation we had. It's blending together in my head, whether it was yesterday or the day before. But in terms of looking at potentially trading a Travis Konechny with a salary of just north of five, right, where you could potentially get two guys in return yeah. for it. And that is a Ryan Hartman and a Tyler mm-hmm. Pitlick, right? That are yeah. are potentially really strong contributors at a low salary that fill two different roles for you. Yeah, there's no reason that um, Hartman couldn't score 20 goals here, but he'd have to have the opportunity, and he didn't have the opportunity. I mean, that's you know that's really where you're what you're talking about. So, and again, in this off season, they're going to again fill the role on the fourth line with cheap guys. That's what they're going to do because they're, they're, they're treating this fourth line like it's the fourth line of a 1970s hockey team. And they go out there and they create some energy. They fight a little bit. They try and control the puck. But ultimately, they don't put up many points. And they don't have any good puck possession. And, you know, maybe one young player will step in. Maybe it'll be Lasinski. That's great. Maybe that will will help that a little bit, but not if they put, you know, more Zach McEwens around them. I mean, what's that going to do? Well, and that's the fundamental problem. When you have a Zach McEwen style player and you have a specific vision in mind for a fourth line like that, and then you run into issues in your lineup where the puzzle pieces don't quite fit right and you drop in an Oscar Lindblom on that fourth line where it doesn't make sense because that's not what you've designed your fourth line to do and a guy like Oscar Lindblom suffers and your fourth line doesn't do what it was intended to do right or wrong yeah I think Lindblom's been the most miscast player for this entire season honestly 
Yeah, but I think it's just a symptom of the flyers' inability to put together a cohesive vision for their fourth line. And, you know, they've let guys walk away. Now, they're free agents. They can do that. Mm -hmm. I don't begrudge them that. But to not seemingly make a valiant attempt to re-sign a Hartman, to let Tyler Pitlick go where they could have changed the vision for what a Flyers fourth line looks like and used those kind of guys as a cornerstone. And they have not done that. No, and you kind of wonder now, um, with the way the Flyers team is, can they get players of value to sign for less here? I don't know. I'm not sure they can. I don't know either. And and my other problem with it is that it, it feels like the Flyers are stuck because of the cap situations in getting more leftover kind of players right. and not deliberate signings for that role. Yeah, like not targeting a guy mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I saw Florida doing a lot of that. They targeted certain guys like Anthony Duclair as an example. It's not like Anthony Duclair signed for a lot of money. I know. It's uh, it's very frustrating sometimes. And I know like the fourth line isn't everything, but I think it's indicative of the lack of vision overall and not tying your offseason moves to a, a vision that will get you anywhere. Yeah, Duclair is making $3 million a year. Well, we're going to continue to talk about this and what we want out of a fourth line, what we want out of the other lines and the decor coming up in this off season and the conversation will absolutely continue. We are going to wrap up our week with Gritty as we are fond of doing coming up next. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Russ. Gritty was a lot busier this week than he has been recently because there were some good occasions and home games, which always helps. And the first, of course, was the Lou Nolan tribute. And I was actually really amused by this where they put a a Lou-style mustache on Gritty. I thought it looked very cute. No, I liked it. That's good. That that can never be bad. No, and, you know, they put the suit on, too, with... Mm -hmm. He looked a lot like Lou. It was great. I mean, I don't want to say that. Lou's a better looking guy than Gritty. Let's well, just be... that's fair. That is true. That is always <laughs> true. <laughs> All right. And there were a few other things. Uh, there was a great TikTok uh, with the a museum-like display in Gritty's abode of all of the art that they have produced around Gritty over the last little while and there's some good stuff hanging on the wall there yeah i mean they flyers have put a lot of effort into gritty i will say that they have and then this is probably my favorite thing uh that happened uh last week where one of the best flyers fans out there jeff mang who's one of my favorites on twitter um, whose son is famous for the I'm not bud, I'm Voracek mm. line from Lothies many years ago. Well, he's all grown up now, this kid, and is now performing in school plays. They did a version of Beauty and the Beast with Gritty as the Beast. 
with Ethan having the starring role, some amazing pictures of the costume. Uh, it's incredible. I love this kid and uh, appreciate Jeff for sharing Ethan with the rest of us. That kind of stuff's fun. And yeah, it's good that they've, uh, this kid, you know, that they, they're still using him and he wants to be, you know, like in the fray like that as like a super fan. That's cool. It is really cool. And um, as a theater person myself, um, always appreciate when kids get into the arts like that. Listen, I played in the music, man. And it, it no, actually, uh, Oliver. And, and it was awful. I was a pickpocket. That's it. I didn't want to have a speaking. I didn't want to have a speaking. You pick a pocket or two. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to have a, a speaking line. I didn't do that it. That was the worst accent. I'm so sorry. That was no, terrible. no, that was, but, that was really that awesome bad. Line. Yes, yeah. that is the line. It is the line, though. All right, back to Gritty. <laughs> During the Rangers game, there was some significant silly string happening of Rangers fans, which is always appreciated by me. You got to torture the visiting fans some mm-hmm. way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, silly string's always fun, no matter what. And it comes yeah. right out, so that's the good part about it. Yeah. And then during the Mites game... In that one, uh, Gritty was actually playing in net, like pretty aggressively and not letting these kids score. <laughs> you know, I missed that. I got up to, to get something to, to drink. But why not? Listen, Gritty's playing to win. Play to win. Yeah. I, it's just always funny when you know, Gritty goes up against a mm-hmm. small child and was like, no, you got to really work for it, kid. Yeah. All right. One more thing that... I saw on social media yesterday that I had to bring up. It's not gritty related, but my goodness, like we've been talking about the ESPN and TNT broadcast over the course of the season and some of it being less than desirable overall. Mm -hmm. Apparently TNT made a promo for next weekend's matchup against the Penguins and spelled both Pittsburgh and Philadelphia wrong in the graphic. How do you do that? It's hard to do. Yeah. Proof or some sort of copy editors are going by, bye bye really, and they're just sort of trusting social media people to get it right. And uh, to me, it's not enough. You've got to have some oversight there. This is a big network. What are you yeah. doing? I don't know. I just don't know how you can get both of them wrong. It's brutal. Yeah, at least at least bat fifty percent and get the Penguins wrong. Get Pittsburgh wrong. <laughs> That would be my choice. I mean, well. Pittsburgh, like, I don't have trouble spelling either one, but I guess you can make the argument it would be harder to, to go with Pittsburgh. How do you get Philadelphia wrong? Yeah, that is that is tough. <laughs> All right. We are going to be back again on Monday, and we are going to talk about what happened in this back-to-back against the Sabres. Hopefully get some Flyers wins out of the weekend. And we'll also have our nemesis of the week, which is always my favorite thing to talk about. And if you have questions or want to know more about the draft eligible prospects coming up or have a specific prospect you want us to talk about mm-hmm. let us know you can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com you can tweet us at lockdownflyers and we will absolutely cover that on the show i am rachel i'm on twitter at r miriam that's r m i r i a m i'm russ i'm at sportsology s-p-o-r-t-s-o-l-o-g-y 
You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend.